The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, welcome to the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. It's Canada's busiest independent sports podcast with episodes every weekday, unleashing tales of sports and whatever. It is Steve and Jimmy back once again, schmoozing it up. James, how are things? Uh, Stevie, I'll tell you what, yeah, things are fine. How about you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, good, good. Um, I'll tell you what, Stevie, uh, I'll never watch the NFL again. Uh, those that that's those four games on the weekend. Okay, fucking boring, boring. Nothing exciting happened. Just on and on, dragging. No action. Brutal. No nothing. No excitement. No. Are you kidding me, Stevie? I said pardon. <laughs> well, possibly the best weekend of football I've ever seen. You no know, shit, man. No shit. Yeah, it was just it was it was unreal. You know what was happening? You know I had some action on it. I. I bet with the book a little bit, you know, I put a little bit of money on it. So I, lo- I love watching the games. Uh, man, oh, man. Uh, well, like backing up, you know, going backwards from the game last night, the KC game, which we got to talk about. And then the other games, you know, we're, we're all down to the I don't know, last place, Stevie. Am I mistaken there? Like they were all walk offs, either yeah. a winning touchdown or a winning field goal as the game expired. All walk-offs. Yeah, absolutely. And and then, of course, the, the big two, uh, I guess the big three, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. You know, everyone's watching that story, right? I, I, if, I get, if I do get sick of one thing over the year, I'm like, okay, okay. Did, is, is, every 10 minutes, do I have to see a story on Tom Brady? Okay. And, and you know, followed up by Aaron Rodgers. Do I have to see that all day? All day, every time I flip on a news app or sports app to look at it, it's like, okay, uncle, uncle on that. So here I was going, okay, let's see if Tom Brady can do this <laughs> this yeah. weekend. And uh, Well, it certainly it was in sharp contrast to what we saw last weekend. And apologies, by the way, I got a scratchy throat. Um, but last weekend, we saw four games that were absolute blowouts. So only two of the games were close. And honestly, those two games were, yeah, they were just okay. The Dallas finish was kind of kind of fun, kind of funny with the right. referee wiping out Dak Prescott on the final play and they run out of time. So that was fun. I like that. But all four of these games were just phenomenal. As you mentioned, all decided on the final play and all great storylines. And I think the Bills and Chiefs, I mean, I was thinking, oh, these guys are going to have a tough act to follow after the three amazing games we'd seen earlier in the weekend. Well, it turns out we saved the best for last, which I wouldn't have believed was possible given the caliber of entertainment we had in the first three games. But, I mean, Kansas City-Buffalo, one of the best games I've ever seen. They had 25 points scored in the last two minutes of that ball game. (laughs) I mean, if I'd seen that at a low-end high school game or some craziness like that, I wouldn't have believed it there, let alone on the biggest stage. Wasn't that great? Yeah, so it, it was unreal. Yeah, it was unreal. It was riveting, man, riveting. So I think the the last two minutes, going into those last two minutes, if I got this right, Casey's down by four, and then the scoring starts. They march down, get a touchdown. They go up by three. Buff comes back, uh, scores a touchdown, I guess, do they? Mm-hmm. They score a touchdown to go up by four, and then KC comes back and scores a touchdown to go up by three again. And then Buff boots the tying field goal. Is that right? 
Uh, no, the the Chiefs with I think three seconds left kicked a forty nine yarder to tie the game and force overtime, and then they won the coin flip and they went in and scored right away. And that's led a lot of football fans today to really push the NFL for change on the the whole overtime format. That because the the rules are now if you win the toss and you elect to receive and you score a touchdown, as Kansas City did the game is over. If you kick only a field goal, then the other team gets an opportunity to go on offense. Everybody thinks that you should not settle an NFL playoff game without both offenses getting an opportunity. I And, and I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And uh, people have been talking about that forever in the, you know, in their, in their rules for uh, overtime. Okay. They've, they've, that, that's been going on for a long time and no, and, and you know, if it, if it, Team scores a touchdown with the first possession, uh, so it's game over. But if they just kick a fieldy, then the other team gets the ball. That's okay. Right. To try and drive, right? So uh their their reasoning for it is okay, so why why does the game end if the first team with possession scores a touchdown? Why does that end the game? And and their their reasoning is well, the you know, defense is a big part of the game, and and if they can't stop them on defense, if they can't avoid a, a touchdown then uh, it's game over. And I'm going, okay, well, that, that sounds like it makes sense. But if they kick a field goal, okay, how come the defense didn't stop them from kicking a field goal, right? So that doesn't add up for me. There's no doubt in my mind, Stevie, it's, it's, it's brutal, brutal that you both don't get a touch, okay? That both, both teams don't get a shot at it. It's so simple. It's so straightforward. And it makes so much sense. And, and, you know, particularly in that game, playoff game, uh, back and forth. Okay, multiple touchdowns, <laughs> back and forth, totally exciting, and going. This is this is un- unbelievable. You know, uh, maybe even maybe even Stevie take it a step further and say, okay, it, it's we're gonna we're gonna do it by time, like we do every other quarter in football, like we do every other game. You play you play till the clock runs out. You know, and and I think they should do that, just like hockey. Just like hockey, right? They do the shootout, Stevie. They do the three-on-three, all that stuff in regular season games uh, when it when it goes to a tie. But when it's in the playoffs, Stevie, okay, when it's in the playoffs. We're using we're using time, okay. We're using time, and it, it's a sudden death thing that they have to do. So it's not quite straight time, but they do, they do this sudden death thing in hockey. It's slightly different, but um, football's got to fix that. They got to fix that. No problem. Touchdown and and give them a shot. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be okay with that idea. Play a full quarter regardless. And that would almost ensure that you've got an opportunity for both teams. The way I've always defined it, and it's not a massive problem because really we don't see many overtime games to start with. And of the overtime games that do happen, you have a scenario where, well, they're not always scoring a touchdown in their first possession, which provokes this conversation every time. But, mm-hmm. but in the playoffs, in the regular season, I don't care that much. But in the playoffs, in a game like that, yeah, it, it needs to be a better system than that. I've always compared it to in baseball. Say so you've tied at the end of nine innings, you decide to go to extra innings. But instead of letting both sides bat, you flip a coin and only one team gets to bat first. And then they they had a home run on their first at bat. Right. Game over. You don't let right. the other side actually bat. That's that's the level of common sense that the NFL overtime format has in my opinion yeah 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. It's, it's you know, and, and I bet they change it because of that. I bet they change it. It's not like, and it's not like it's a drastic change, Steve. You know, it's not like they're talking about going from four downs to three downs here, you mm-hmm. know, because, or, or, or something weirder, you know. It's like, okay, make that freaking change. It's, you know, you get the ball, then we get the ball. Yeah, the CFL has got it right probably in the big picture. They make sure that they have a setup where both sides get an opportunity and uh, off you go. Certainly that was one of the great performances in NFL history with two quarterbacks in that KC Buffalo game. Josh Allen had four touchdown passes, 329 yards throwing, and 11 carries for 68 yards. Mahomes, not to be outdone, 378 yards passing, three touchdowns, seven carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. I don't think any NFL playoff game has had two quarterback performances at that level. So it was pretty special. Not to mention, um, what's his name? Gabriel Davis set an NFL playoff record in that game with four touchdown receptions, including the go-ahead touchdown with 13 seconds left. That game had it all, James. It had it all. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I enjoyed every second of it. And it was my win because you were up. So it was my final win. Yeah, I would have swept the weekend if that field goal with no time left on the clock from 49 yards out. If Butker misses that, the Bills win the game and uh, and I sweep. So we're back to even terms as we head to the final three games. And the Rams are in an interesting position. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Buccaneers 30-27. to 27, And it's funny, in the whole history of the NFL, James, nobody had ever hosted a Super Bowl game until last year when Tom Brady and oh, the no Buccaneers. Oh. Yeah, they, they hosted and won last year. And right now the Rams are the first team in an NFC championship game to be hosting at the Super Bowl venue as well. So they could, after all this time, nobody would ever even played in a Super Bowl at home until last year. And now we might have it done two years in a row. And the Rams are lucky to get there. Man, did they hold on. They had a 27-3 to lead on Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, and they blew it. Brady brought them back and tied the game in the final minute, but the Rams, I don't know, for some reason, Cooper Cup, who's an NFL MVP candidate, was left open for two long passes to set up the game-winning field goal right at the end. But that was a crazy game, too. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, I walked away. I walked away. Ah, this is done. You know, and then, uh, and I... I've said, I don't even need to PVR this game. You know, like if I had something to do, Steve, urgently, and you're you're into that KC game, well, hit the PVR button, okay? This thing's going to be wild. But the 27-3, okay, that's done. Then I come back and I flip it on. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you think about Tom Brady not that long ago, right? In the Atlanta Super Bowl, Atlanta is up that year on New England. I think it was like 2017. Don't quote me on that. But Brady and the Patriots are down 28-3 to to the Atlanta Falcons. And Brady comes back and not only you know gets back in the game and ties it, but wins the thing. And you go, okay, it's 27-3 to now in this playoff game with Tom Brady dealing with the deficit. I mean, that kind of comeback happens never in a lifetime. Not once in a lifetime, never right. in a lifetime. And he almost does it again. He does usher the comeback to tie the game. But unfortunately, the Buccaneer defense decided not to cover a very good receiver. Yeah. What's the lesson learned here? Uh, if you if you had to miss the NFL playoff games this weekend uh, because of some obligation you had with your family, 
or your wife, uh, so you couldn't you couldn't do it. You got to come up with a better excuse next time. Yeah, you got to make it very clear to her, very clear. No, honey, we're I'm not going to our son's baptism. You can do that alone. Okay, I've got the, there's a game on here. Okay, none of that. We're not we're not doing it. No, passing on the kid's graduation, Steve. Whatever it is, you got to you got to come up with something stronger. If you're an Ottawa Senator fan, you're not very happy with your team because the Senators were like, they had two games, Saturday night and Sunday night, like right in the heart of the NFL playoffs. I was uh, right. I was doing the old picture-in-picture picture thing, a little irritated with my team for having a couple of games on, well, the best weekend of NFL football that maybe we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, we should take yeah. a time out of the program. When we return, we'll talk about the other two games and uh, much more right here on the SWP. A lot of people I talk to end up asking me about what coverages should they have for their house. How much do I need? Why would I want that? Hi, I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. Call or text me at 801-2659. Give me a call. Let's have that talk, and we'll make sure that you have the coverages that you want and that you need. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford is your home of the all-new Ford Maverick. Designed to seize the day this beautiful truck is built for tough and gives you the best of both worlds, Compact on the outside, but still big enough on the inside to seat five and store all of your stuff. Not to mention the cool 8-inch touchscreen on your dash to help you get your work done. Learn more and pre-order the all-new Ford Maverick today at jimkford.com. And we all know that home prices are crazy right now. And if you're curious to know what your home might be worth in a hot market like this, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free no-obligation estimate. You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today, glenwalton.com. All right, so my Packers are out, James. Yeah. They are out, and I can't even believe it. It's ridiculous how they ended up losing that game. For one, I wouldn't have thought in a million years that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers high-powered offense would get only two points on the frozen tundra, like just shockingly weak on offense. And uh, they fell in this one. I could not believe it without even giving up an offensive touchdown to the 49ers. But yeah, it was a blocked punt for a touchdown. It was a blocked field goal opportunity that the, the Packers missed. And across the board, maybe the worst special teams performance in NFL playoff history. Like they allowed not only those two plays, they allowed 30 yards per punt return. 30 <laughs> on average, they had right. 10 men on the field for the game-winning field goal, right? They didn't have enough guys out there. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to block a field goal to save your season, and you don't have enough guys out there. It just was just another example of how disorganized the special teams were in that game, and that's what cost them at the end of the day. And the 49ers are moving on with, uh, what was it, a 13-10 to 10 win. Right. Um well, when you look at when you look at all the games, you know, um, Rusty's always said, right? Like, like, like the Oilers are in the tank, and Russ is always, you know, we got they got Connor McDavid, Drysaddle, and and Russ has always said, you can't you can't win these games with these two guys, okay? With just these two guys, and he's claiming that's what the Oilers are leaning on, right? And it sure worked well at the beginning. Um, when you look at the, those NFL games, um, you know the. Mahomes and 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 uh, what Brady did to come back in those games, it's like okay, the, these are the nuts, these guys, right? 
Um, they're with without them, you got nothing. Without them, you got nothing. And then you go to the Green Bay game, going. Aaron Rodgers can't do it here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers can't. You know what I mean? He can. He has. But every once in a while, uh, it's going to be left up to more than just your quarterback, right? Yeah. That's what I got out of that game anyway. It looked like it was going to be a blowout because like, they marched down, waste most of the first quarter. Packers roll down and score a touchdown to start. And they quickly get the ball back and they're moving again. And then Mercedes Lewis fumbles it. And from that moment on, it looked like the 49ers said, okay, well, I think if, if Green Bay goes down and touch, uh, scores a touchdown there, it's 14 to nothing, and I feel like the route is on. But when that fumble, when when Lewis put the ball on the ground, it was like the 49ers said, okay, maybe not, maybe the world isn't against us today. Right. And it, there, it was a different ball game after that. Um, so, But no offensive touchdowns. That uh, You play that game probably 10 more times, and the Packers win – 10 out of 10, but it mm-hmm. was the Niners day on Sunday. There's no question about that. It's like, a, it was more of a, it was a real winning despite crap. The Rams won despite four fumbles in the game and blowing a massive lead. The Niners won despite not scoring an offensive touchdown. And the Bengals, as we go to that game, they won despite giving up an NFL record nine sacks. Right. Usually that spells disaster and usually means you lose, but not in this case. They say they found a way and uh, another walk-off shot, Evan McPherson. They called him Money Mac, I guess. They right. kicked a 52-yard field goal at the gun as the Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to So both the top seeds are gone, as are the defending Super Bowl champions. That's how wacky the weekend was. Yeah, it was crazy. But God, was it worth watching. Oh, my God, yeah. It was great. So good. Uh, did you watch any hockey on the weekend? Uh, I watched my Oilers finally win uh, over Calgary as they're they're getting crushed. Uh, and, and boy, were they in dire need of a win. Uh, they got down 2 nothing. They end up winning that game, I think, 5-3 or something like that. Dry said will get a couple empty netter in there. A lot of um, people are saying that might save Dave Tippett's job. Yeah, right. right. Might have been that close. Well, everyone's waiting for that shoe to drop. Um, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, it. it the story of the week uh, was, of course, uh, Jim Matheson calling <laughs> Drysaddle pissy. <laughs> so, and and then he comes out and has a hell of a game. So, uh, yeah, that's the only hockey I watched was that game. I watched the Sens. They basically got three out of uh, four possible points. They had the Capitals down two nothing going into the third, and they decided that. What we should try in the third period is to not cover Alex Ovechkin in front of our net. Who? Exactly. Anyway, he scores two uh, two in the third period, and they go off to overtime, and the Capitals win at 3-2. Natch, bad giveaway by the Sens in OT, like heinous giveaway. Mm-hmm. But they rally a bit in Columbus and win 2-1 to one on Sunday, so that was my hockey for the weekend. You know the other thing, Stevie, to keep, to keep uh, things in check here about the NHL right now and your team's you know, you bring up this thing going Tippett's uh, is right on the brink here of, of being let go. All that talk about that is usually when there's, uh, you know, a playoff drive happening, when they're in the hunt uh, and, and they and they begin to let it slip away because there's, you know, they're, they're right on a wild card spot or, or whatever, you know. Um, 
But people are forgetting, Steve, there's 50 games left in the NHL schedule. 50. Okay. They're not even halfway done. Right. And so it's easy. Like like I say, all, all week, especially around here, you know, it's been dreary about the Oilers. And I'm looking up going to relax, relax. There's, there's tons of hockey left here. Tons of hockey. So Yeah. Unfortunately, when you go on the kinds of runs that our teams have, you uh, sometimes play your way out of things. Thankfully for your Oilers, they had such an amazing start, like something like 16 and 5 to start the year. Mm-hmm. They could afford to absorb a long losing slide, so they're they're certainly not out of it, and you guys can be in that mode. Whereas the Sens, they were so uniquely terrible for such a long time this season that, uh, well, they're probably, unless they do something outrageously historically good, the playoffs are not likely yeah. to be in the offing for sure. But you're right, there's 50 games left. It, it's usually, probably we're probably about two weeks away from saying, hey, so the playoff run is going to start up. Uh, everything's a little bit delayed though because of COVID and rescheduling and such. So I think we're in a situation where, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be early March before anybody's saying, okay, we're really starting to get into playoff mode here. So right here. And, and here's the other thing that's going to be unique to the NHL, a single handedly unique that this hasn't ever happened uh, is I know it's with the Oilers and it must be with some other teams too, that Oilers will have, 47 games left to play in 100 days. Right. Okay, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, when they go on a, when they go on a uh, road trip or something like that, and they'll say, good God, you know, they got to play five games here in, in, in 12 nights or five games in 13 nights, you know. This is, so you, you, you got to pile through that, right? And they get through this horrendous road trip, this horrendous part of the schedule where they have to play games almost every second night or, you know, well... Check this out. Not only they got to do it, <laughs> they got to do it from here right till the end of the season. So yeah, that's gonna that might create a bunch of havoc, man, in this league. I- injury, right, is the big thing. Well, that's that, yeah, you're absolutely right because that's that that is the playoff schedule every second night, and most teams are going every second night. Sens included. There, I think they, uh, I think they had fifty and a hundred as of late last week. It's it's a lot to ask. Not because I think that they have any cardio issues or anything like that, but you need X amount of time to recover. Your muscles right. and joints are, they're beat up after a 60-minute hockey game. There's no getting around it. And mm-hmm. if you're consistently going every second night, you can do it once in a while, but consistently over many, many months, not just however long you're in the playoffs, um, I think we're going to see a record number of injuries, to be honest, between now and the end of the regular season. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It may F up the whole season, right? It'll be all these extraneous little things that happen. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Players aren't set up to play every second night for 50 games. Yeah, and it may not be like season-ending or career-ending, blown-out knees or anything like that. It may just be a lot of maintenance days in there, like, you know, Joe Blow can't play tonight because he's sore. He's just like, he's he's just, it may not be a full-on injury, but it's just, you know, uh, the the pain tolerance just gets to to a stage where he just can't go. And so... uh, but there'll be a bit of both, I think. Just the, the nagging injuries and probably more big injuries than usual as well. I'll tell you what, Steve. It's not as tough as you think, right? So these teams, they've got to show up to work every second night, okay? I did that my whole career, radio career, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it can be done, Steve. It can yes. be done showing up every second day for work, okay? It's not impossible. 
It's not impossible. You can so, be- so you're comparing the rigors of an <laughs> NHL game with sitting in a chair, usually, if I recall, smoking, drinking strawberry milkshakes and toasted cheese and bacon sandwiches for yes. three hours. You're comparing that to the rigors of the NHL. Okay, got it. Check. I'm making every, a note of that. Every second day, man. Every oh, second boy. day. <laughs> every second day. <laughs> uh, we'll close it out with uh, great news on the tennis front. I'm sure uh, you're a big tennis fan. I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on the Australian Open, and our two men are just rocking and rolling. Some yeah. 24 hours after Denis Shapovalov reached his first Australian Open men's singles quarterfinal, his friend and countryman, Felix Oje Aliassime joined him in the final eight as well. And these guys are beating some very good tennis players, by the way. It was Oje Aliassime's turn, and he overcame a very quick start by the 2018 finalist, Marin Cilic, and uh, held on for a very tight win. Uh, it was 2-6-7-6, 6-2-7-6. And so, uh, yeah, fellow Canadian Milos Raonic, uh, had reached the quarterfinals or better at the Australian Open five times, which is the first time two Canadians have done it in the same year. Man, it's fun to be a Canadian tennis fan, isn't it? Well, it, you know, like they go back to last year. It was either the U.S. Open or or the Australian Open. I, I forget um, that they faced each other, Ali Asim and Chapo. But uh, down to the final eight here, they're in separate halves, Stevie, of the draw. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to face each other, it would be in the final. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, but but the, uh, t- totally exciting. I watched all of it. I watched all of it. It, came, it comes on about 8 o'clock at night here, so I get it a couple hours earlier than you. Um, and Ali Asim, in, the, in his previous match, he wins that thing, Stevie, 7-6-6-7-7-6-7-6. So, it, I mean, it's just like, it's it's brutal watching this thing and cheering for that guy. Uh, but he knocks off Stevie uh not, not Medvedev, Zverev. Yeah. Okay. Dude's ranked third, and uh, I'm I'm watching the the little pregame pregame uh, pre-match comments. Uh, they throw it to a chick down in Australia who does a little stand-up for TSN uh, before each match, and she's going to give her predictions. And uh, this is just prior to the Aliasim Zverev match, and she went, "I'm I'm sorry to tell you, Canadian fans, but he's going to lose." OJ is going to lose in three straight sets. Oh, okay. Straight sets. And uh, she was right about the straight sets, but it was the other way around. <laughs> uh, it was almost, it was a weird match. It was almost like that guy was throwing the match. You know, it's, uh, I mean, he was, he's got the hardest serve on the planet, Steve, literally. Okay. Uh, number three in the world. Uh, way favored, way favored in that thing. But that kid grinded that out, man. And, and then last night, what he did with Chillage. You know, Chilich is no slouch. No. You know, he's, yeah, he's won the U.S. Open there and he's won a bunch of other shit. So, and then Chapo. Chapo is great. Yeah. It is an amazing dream and notion of seeing the two Canadian kids make it all the way to the final of a Grand Slam event like this. However, Oje Ali, let me talk about a tough road. Like both of the opponents that they'll get in the quarterfinal. No one would have been surprised if they would have met them in the final. Like, right. Oje Aliasim's got Daniel Medvedev, who's number two. And, ah, let's see here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shapovalov's got some kid named Rafael Nadal waiting for him with his 20 Grand Slam championship. So that'll happen on Tuesday. So, you think either yeah. of them will get through? 
Well, here's what's weird about it, right? Is um, a, a, a lot, lot of people, there's a f- faction of people that are going, okay, this is all fantastic, but they got to close the deal, okay? Canadian, Canadian men's tennis has got to step up and someone's got to win a major, okay? It's been too long now. You know, and these two guys are really good. So they're talking like these guys have been around for 20 years, Stevie, and have never won. Right. You know, they're talking like they're Tom Brady, uh, but, but never won a Super Bowl. Okay. And we're going, it's time now. Okay. Canada, now's the time, right? This is this, this no major final uh, jinx, uh, not winning one has, has got to stop. Okay. Let's look at the two they're talking about, Steve. One guy's 21 years old and the other guy's 22. <laughs> yeah. That they're, that they're saying, they've got to close this deal now, okay? Otherwise, you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to run of out of time, Steve. Yeah, they're going to be out of time, <laughs> these guys. So, well, not just age-wise. Like, some guys are young, but you can see they've got their man body. Like, these two guys haven't had man bodies for very long. It doesn't seem like that long ago. They were just both bone racks out there, especially OJ Aliassim. He just looked really, really skinny. Now they're finally starting to develop and get some muscle on their frames. So they're, I would say, from a physical standpoint, they're in their early 20s, but they're very young early 20s guys. Yeah, totally, totally. If you look back a f- four or five years ago, uh, OJ won, I call him OJ, because there's just too many names in there, Steve. It's too okay. much. I got to pick one name. So um, Auger wins uh, as... He, he won the U.S. Open Junior Boys or something like that. I looked at it yesterday, okay? He literally looks eight years old. He was 14 or something yeah. when he won it. So anyway, dial it back, Canada. Things will, you know, they're, they're moving along just fine. I'll tell you what's impressive, Stevie. I want you to watch the tennis tonight. You got to look at it. The most impressive thing about these tennis players. So they're, uh, they're, they're, they're serving, okay, Stevie? Okay, and they get a point. And so now they got to set up again. They turn to the ball boys. Okay, the ball boys in the back, and the kids are going to throw them balls, right? And they, they, they call for the ball. Okay, watch Stevie how they can uh, not only suck up three tennis balls in their one hand, Steve, like they can, all, they can all palm two of them, okay? And then they call, give me that other ball, right? And sink, they can just suck in a third ball there, Stevie. Three tennis balls. These are ping pong balls, Stevie, Okay. Now, if that's not enough, Stevie, some of them can do four balls in one hand. That's crazy. And not place it in their hand, Stevie. They can take a pass from the ball boy. They go, sink, 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 sink. You know, it's unbelievable, Steve. That's what majors are made of, Stevie. That's what tennis majors are made of. On the ladies' side, when you're talking about collecting balls, they always got to kind of tuck it underneath the skirt there. That must, and they play with like that, like with the ball, like that would be irritating to me. If I've got a ball kind of wedged in my skirt. Well, where else could you put it, Steve? Now, you uh, see. see. <laughs> All righty then. Hey, 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 let's take a time out and we'll be back with final thoughts after these words. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa certified pre-owned Ford dealer. They remove all the worries with a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage, vehicle history report, purchase financing rates, from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is peace of mind when you are buying a pre-owned new vehicle. New to you, pre-owned to them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I got so. it. Okay. Check out jimkford.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. 
With dozens of huge insurance companies fighting for your business, rates are incredibly competitive. That means you're better off selecting on fit rather than premiums, since they're all pretty close. Are you a client with a boat and a cottage, or rentals and investments? Let's work together to find the right fit for you. Text 8606008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And podcast advertising is one of the most effective ways to get your business message out there. Podcast listeners are far more likely to listen to your message than in other media out there. Message comes directly from Jimmy and me in our case. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast and get your business message in front of thousands of Ottawa sports fans, contact us today, sendsnationhockey.com. James, I like the name Chris Strevler, by the way. Your Edmonton Eskimos, oh, sorry, Elks, and my mm. Ottawa Red Blacks could use a quarterback. And uh, Chris Strevler is out there. And I wonder if maybe one of our teams might take a shot at him. Bombers Where GM. was he, Winnipeg? Yeah, he was with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and was part of their Grey Cup winner. Not the most recent one, but the one before that. And uh, then went off to the NFL, sort of languished on some practice rosters. But there's a chance. He's still looking for NFL work, but it's a possibility that if somebody offers him number one starter's money, like five hundred fifty grand. That he might come back to the CFL, and certainly the Bombers could not keep up with that because they just signed Zach Caleros to a half a million dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Any final thoughts today? (laughs) Oh, you hit me with a CFL. Yeah. Um, I thought you might have something to say about Edmonton's vacancy and how terrible they were last year, and Trevor Harris uh, shipped out to Montreal, and they got all these no-names at quarterback in both Edmonton and Ottawa. But I was wrong. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I got I I got nothing, uh, Stevie. Um, in terms in terms of that, um, Evander Kane, Stevie, is my final thought. I've been thinking about it a lot because I didn't like the guy. I don't like his 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 backstory here, Stevie. What what's gone on with allegations after allegations of of gambling problems and relationship problems, COVID protocol problems. A uh, guy ends up kind of people thumbing their nose at him going, okay, you got to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so San Jose passes on him, right, to to keep him on the team. Uh, what is that, waiver, Stevie? He didn't clear waivers? Is that how he ends up not going back to San Jose? They get well, they're just basically, uh, they basically said something along the lines of they challenged the contract. They felt like he had done enough bad things that you could terminate the contract. And mm-hmm. so there's a big investigation on right now and an appeals process, and that's what we're waiting on right now. Yeah, so should should you take a shot on them or not? I've changed my mind. I think they should. Really? They the should. Oilers? Well, whoever. You know, whoever. He's in, apparently, Oilers, Washington are the last two. Elliot Friedman's been talking about. I follow him. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm all about the give, give him a shot. Give him a shot. Put the other stuff aside. That's the yeah. way I feel now. Now ask me again in 60 seconds. <laughs> well, That's- yeah, Evander Kane's an interesting one because he's he's so polarizing. And I'm sure that would be po- he'd be polarizing in the dressing room as well. So what to what degree, I don't know. But I'm sure there's lots of guys, you know, if you're a Washington Capital fan... That's a Super Bowl contender. I'm very much in NFL mode. That's a Stanley Cup contender. And Evander Kane would be the kind of player that could put a team like that over the top. So you'd be weighing the pros and cons big time. Um, Maybe he's a jerk, but he can help us. So it's uh, it's a tough one. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's my... I think he should get a shot. All right. I think he could get a shot. We shall call it quits right there, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget... I changed my mind. I don't think he should get a shot. Oh, (laughs) no. All right. I'm going to end the show before you change it again. SteveWProject.com is our website. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Jimmy. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at SteveWProject.com.